Good morning. It's great to see you all. Thankful for being here with my family. Thankful for all of you. Thankful for what God is doing through this church. I'm hearing wonderful things about um, just how welcoming you are and how loving you are. In fact, if you're a guest here this morning, um, we want you to know you're welcome in this place. I met a couple guests. I met someone that was here for the first time. There, there may be others. And I'd just like to say you have found a church that you can call home, a church that's uh, just, just like a family. So welcome to everyone. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 5. That's where we're going to be spending our time this morning. Mark chapter 5. And I'll just say up front that, that we all have a little crazy. That's the title of my lesson this morning. We, every single person here, we all have a little crazy in us. And as we look at this text, you're going to see someone that was just full of darkness, full of evil, full of insanity, and then the power of Jesus Christ to restore sanity. And I, I'm thankful for that prayer. Um, that's right where we're going this morning. I, I know that I have a, a bit of crazy in me. Uh, my wife, Rebecca, who's here this morning, will certainly attest to that. Uh, <laughs> and thankful that my wife's here today, and she's my biggest supporter, and um, she is a wonderful mom, and she's worked for Pepperdine for uh, probably 30 years now. She's very accomplished there. In fact, she's going to head to the Encino campus when we're done for a little bit this morning. So what is it that drives you crazy? I uh, have many things, but something I was thinking about that can really just make me feel insane is when I think about my, my amazing daughter, Jessica, uh, living in Spain. And she's been there for over two years now, and she's teaching English in, in Madrid. And as a father, it's just real easy to worry about her because she's so far away. And I'm proud of her, and I'm thankful for her, and I know she's doing great things in the name of Jesus, but, but I, I worry. And sometimes I could just stay up at night. I don't know about you, but the tapes can just start going, and, and, and quickly I can just kind of move to this place of craziness. And, and are there any other worriers out there this morning? A lot of us, right? You know, worry can drive us crazy, and worry is sinful. This, this I'm preaching to myself. Worry is sinful because worry is idolatry in a sense. It's thinking that somehow I have control and I can protect her when ultimately that's God's role. And, and I know God loves my daughter Jessica and, and God's going to protect her. So that, that worry can, can be a little crazy making for us. And there's just a lot of crazy in our world today, isn't there? I mean, we, we, have, we, we have craziness all around us. It's like, what's happening to this world? And so we've got this coronavirus now. And people are just going crazy over the coronavirus. And, you know, like we're talking this morning, they don't know whether to shake your hand or fist bump. Or now the NBA, I think, is banned high-fiving now. That, I, I get it, but, like, corona can drive you, coronavirus can drive you crazy. I was at Costco uh, last week, and you know, Costco's just like completely out of toilet paper. And I went to like five places to try to get hand sanitizer. I can't find it anywhere. And so, toilet paper, water—isn't it? I mean, I, I get it. I know. See, there's this fear and there's this anxiety there. So, at Costco, I go up and I get in line, and there's like you know, 20 people in each line. And so, I'm I, I, what I did is I coughed a couple times and. 
told him. I leaned over to my wife. I said, hey, hey babe, this cough's worse since we got back from China. <laughs> Wham, everybody's gone. Straight to the front of the line. Thank you. <laughs> no, that didn't really happen, but I thought about it. <laughs> so, politics. Is politics crazier than ever before right now? I've never seen America so divided. It just seems like there's insanity. You know, whichever side you're on or independent, it just, just all around us, there's just this angst in our world today. There's this fear, right? What's going to happen and, and what's America coming to? And what's going to happen if we do? And then, you know, the stock market can, can drive you crazy. I mean, don't look at your 401k right now. Just don't. You're going to worry. Do you follow it daily? Oh, my goodness. Have you been seeing the swings that have been happening? I remember in 2008, during the Great Recession, people were jumping out of buildings because they had lost their entire bank account. And that's what their faith was in. Now, we talk about crazy, but when we get to the man that we're going to read about this morning, this is darkness this is insanity. This is where evil can go to its extreme. This guy is absolutely insane. He, I like the translation that says he is demonized because if, if you hear he's possessed by demons, then you think, well, demon possession, I don't know if I believe in that anymore. It happened more in the time of Jesus. But, but he was haunted, he was demonized by these spirits. And I think that to some extent we all have sin in our lives. We all have darkness. So don't just pass this off as the crazy guy running around in the graveyard, but think about the own sin that you wrestle with, and I guarantee you, everybody here wrestles with sin. Everybody has darkness. We all have a little crazy that's in us. In fact, I just want you to turn to the person next to you and say, I have a little crazy in me. Go ahead. <laughs> Some of you were like a little too convincing there. <laughs> I didn't say give them the weird eye like her, you know. Here, here's what God wants you to know as we dive into this text this morning. God wants you to know that Jesus Christ has ultimate authority and power over all darkness, all evil, in the world, and in your life. Jesus has the power to restore your sanity if you will trust him. He wants to have mercy in your life to forgive you and bring you into relationship with the Father. He loves you in your insanity. Jesus left complete sanity in heaven and entered an insane world to bring you salvation. And so I don't know what you're struggling with this morning. I don't know what demons that you have, but we all have demons that we are wrestling with this morning. I'm not talking about possession. I'm talking about that evil, that darkness that's in all of us. You have that, and God wants you to know this morning that Jesus has power over that. So you can have hope this morning. You can be encouraged this morning with whatever you're struggling with, whatever you have given up on, Jesus has power over that this morning. So turn in your Bibles 
to Mark 5, if you're not there already, and listen to the Word of God. Hear the Word of God this morning. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs. He lived there. No one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and he broke the iron off his feet and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell on his knees in front of him and he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want to do with me, Jesus? Son of God, the most high, in the name of God, don't torture me. Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Absolute insanity. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. And a large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go to them. And he gave them permission and the impure spirits came out of him. They went into pigs and the herd of about 2,000 in number rushed down the steep bank into the lake and they were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, listen, listen, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. They were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well, and the people begged to plead, Jesus, leave, get out of here, leave the region. And Jesus was getting into the boat. As he's getting into the boat, the man who had demon-possessed begged him that he could go with him. Jesus did not let him. But he said, go home to your own people. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had Mercy, mercy on your soul. So the man went away, and he began to tell in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. He told his story, and all the people were amazed. I've been in ministry for 28 years, and in 28 years of ministry, I have seen a lot of crazy I've seen crazy in the world, in the neighborhoods that are around us. I've seen crazy in churches, and I've seen crazy sin in myself. I've never seen anything quite like this man, totally taken over by darkness. The Bible says that he is in the Decapolis, 
And decapolis in, in Greek, that uh, it, deca means ten, and polis means city. Ten cities. So he's in this area of ten cities that's significant in the Gospel of Mark because this is the first time that Jesus has moved out of Jerusalem in that area into the area of the Gentiles because his mission to save us and forgive us and love us and bring us into a relationship with God was not just to the Jews, but it was to all people. And so Jesus now ventures out into these ten cities, these ten Gentile cities. And as soon as the boat hits shore, as soon as they step out of this boat, this crazy guy starts running out of the tombs towards Jesus. He is crazy, he is naked, he is shouting. He lives in the tomb. Can you imagine that? Now, I get out of the boat and I'm following Jesus. I'm like, back in the boat, get me out of here. But Jesus Christ is not afraid, no matter how dark and how evil things can be. So Jesus, the Son of God, stands there. And this evil spirit runs to Jesus, this man runs to Jesus and immediately does what? Hits the ground and bows at the feet of the Lord. And the demons know exactly who Jesus is. There is no doubt who Jesus is and we know that by their conversation with Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Don't send us, into the, send us out of the region, but send us in to the pigs. And so, instead of Jesus being afraid of evil, evil is bowing at the feet of Jesus. Evil is afraid. Evil fears the Son of God. Evil knows who Jesus is, exactly who Jesus is. And this man is insane. He, he let's see, he is a nude, rude, crude dude with a bad attitude. That rhymes, all right? That, that's probably the best way to describe this man. A nude, rude, crude dude with a horrible attitude. He is, darkness is all over him. These demons are in him. And, and you know, there's, there's stuff we just don't have clear explanation for. And I've read and studied this out a lot. And, you know, I, I don't know which, which understanding or interpretation that you would take. But why is Jesus, first of all, talking with evil? Why is he even talking to these demons? Because he has power over these demons, right? We've seen in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is casting out demons. He's healing people. He has the power to heal. He has the authority to heal. And he has the authority over evil, so he is, he's casting out this evil. But then why do they have this conversation with him? Hey, don't, don't send us out of the area. Send us into the pigs. And what's going on with the pigs? Oh, my goodness. You, you crazy understandings of the pigs. Why does he cast them into the pigs? You know, some people say, well, you know, the pigs were unclean to the Jews, so Jesus is casting unclean into unclean. And other people said, you know, the, you know they, yeah, they weren't, pigs weren't valuable to the Jews. They were valuable to them, but not to the Jews. The whole bacon thing was kind of against them, and they're talking about bacon, and I'm thinking, what? But also... The pigs were the possession and the economy and the income for the people of the Gerasenes, this town. And possessions can be more important than people, right? You with, say amen if you're with me on this. Amen? Yeah. You ever seen possessions be more important than people? 
Oh, we can see that in our culture all around. And so when they come back, what they're concerned is not that this man has been fully restored, but that Jesus has messed with their economy. The pigs, 2,000, can you, I mean, could you imagine that? 2,000 pigs just over the side and squeaking and squealing and whatever pigs do and down the cliffs and into the sea. And they're dead and the people are shocked. What happened to our pigs? Now, I, I don't blame them. Uh, at, at the fair in, in Bakersfield, I, many years ago, was a, a minister in uh, Fraser Park, and we'd go down to the fair, and, and I even have a friend, um, Jolliffe, Daniel Jolliffe, not Jolliffe, uh, Bobby Perez's son just sold a pig. I think a pig's worth like $3,000. So 2,000 pigs, $3,000, do the math. It's a lot of money. So why does Jesus cast them in? What's going on with this, this evil person that's coming to Jesus? And Jesus is showing power. There's no evil and no darkness that Jesus does not have power over in your life. You need to know that this morning. You need to trust that this morning. There's no sin that is too great that Jesus Christ cannot forgive us. And everyone here, we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Jesus has the power to give that sin. Have you ever felt the presence of evil coming at you? That sounds like a little weird talk, right? But can you sense the power of evil in our world today? Can you just sense it? Sometimes you can walk in and you can just feel it. Sometimes it's even in churches. In fact, in our church at Hilltop one time, we, we had mental illness. And, and some people say, what's mental illness versus what, you know, is sin and craziness and that, and, and, and I was up preaching, I was standing in the middle, and there was this guy that sat in the back, his name was Wiley. When Wiley was on his medication, Wiley was sane. When Wiley was off, he was a paranoid schizophrenic, when he didn't take his medication, he was crazy. And so I got up to preach just like this on a Sunday morning, and I saw him in the back, about where you are, and he kind of had that crazy eye going. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh Lord, he gets up, Everybody's seated. He gets up, takes off his belt with a big belt buckle, and starts coming down the middle aisle and says, I'm going to beat the hell out of you, boy. Right in church. I'm like backing up. Somebody grab him. Somebody. <laughs> so sure enough, a couple of our ushers, you know, handled that situation. There's, there's evil. There's darkness in all of us today. You have sin. You have these secret sins. You have things going on in your life that you don't want anybody else to know about. And some of us are trapped in sin. When, so when I think of the chains that bound this guy, I think of the chains that bind us from the power of sin. And this guy was strong. Can you imagine being able to break out of iron and maybe he bangs it with rocks? I don't know. But he's strong. These spirits are strong in him. And, and it's legion. He's full of this darkness. But Jesus comes. He casts out the evil. And he doesn't want it to return anymore. And I'm struck by this passage where it says he is dressed. He's got his clothes back on. That's a good thing. He is dressed and in his right mind. Jesus restores us. 
Jesus transforms us to where we shouldn't even be recognizable anymore. And so I, I want to know in, in the workplace, in, in the neighborhood, by the way that you, Jesus has had mercy in your life, can the people around you even tell that you're a child of God? This man they couldn't even recognize, which is why they were just stunned. Is that the guy? Is that him? Is that him? See, Jesus had completely restored him to who God created him to be. Jesus had completely transformed him to where he was unrecognizable. Are you different than two years ago because of power of Jesus in your life? Are you different than three months ago? Are you different than 10 years ago or 20 years ago? Have you really let the power of Jesus forgive you and restore you and change your life and change your heart? That's what Jesus will do if you will let him. And he wants to do that right now. I tell, tell about a friend of mine, Mike Dibb, who used to go to Hilltop. And Mike was an attorney. He was the kindest, most giving, Christ-like person that I'd known. Just such a huge heart. I met him when he started coming. This was years ago. And he dedicated his life to helping people who were going through difficult divorces and trying to make sure that they were represented. And that would be a tough job. And Mike had a heart attack in the courtroom and died right there in the court. And I remember getting a call about Mike and, and, and going you know, to the courtroom. They asked me to come there and to help pick up his car. And this is where things started to get a little awkward. I got to his car and an attorney associate of his said, can I look in the car before you take it away? I said, sure, go ahead. Can I look in the trunk? Well, yeah, sure. So I stood there, and he's digging through the trunk. He's lifting stuff up and, and looking, and, and I'm thinking, wow, Mike just died, and you're going through his trunk. It just seemed a little weird to me. And then the, the, the family, which he didn't have a lot of family out here, you know, started calling, and he had a housekeeper that helped him, and, and so they're, they're all calling and say, oh, so sorry that he died. And, um, and so the housekeeper said, could you, could you meet me at the house? And we could just kind of go through. You know, I thought, well, sure, I want to go through the paperwork. I want to go through the records, right, and, and kind of help. Did he leave a will? And without family here, I'm sort of in charge of taking care of that. And so, so I get to Mike's house, and, and, and he is, he's dead, and I sit down with the housekeeper, and uh, I said, well, let me see his will. He doesn't have a will. I said, let me see uh, some of the paperwork, his bills. We've got to close his electricity. He doesn't have any paperwork. I said, well, let me see something, you know, some of the paperwork. So it turns out Mike, before he became a Christian, was in the mafia in Los Angeles. You don't keep paperwork when you're in the mafia. That's the trail, right? The paperwork is the trail back. So we figured out this, that somebody used to give three to five $100 bills every Sunday in the plate. And we're like, why don't they write a check? They can, we figured it out because when Mike died, it wasn't coming anymore, Right? He put every side, but see, that was the life, right? Everything was cash, and so we wouldn't have known that, but the story goes on. I'm, I'm sitting with his housekeeper, and I said, you know, Mike loved Jesus. You know Mike loved Jesus, and um, let's, let's talk a little bit about Jesus and, and his love for your life. I think Mike would want that, and so, you know, we're talking. I'm studying with Joanna, and uh, 
Christ is starting to touch her heart. And so I go home that night, and I get a call from Joanna, and she says, I'm sorry, I've got money enough. I didn't understand a word she's saying. And so I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, so finally she calms down. She says, well, he had hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash in his house. And it was all legit. It was all earned through his very good lawyer practice. And so she had taken money. And I'm like, you can't. That, that's the family's money. And she's like, well, come down. Take it and get it off my hands. So I go down, sit down on the table. She puts down $80,000 in $100 bills in a bag that big and sets it. Get it out of here. I'm like, I'm not touching that. Let's get the family to come. Now, I'm going to speed. I want to fast forward to the funeral for time's sake. So we get to the funeral, and typically I'm, you know, leading the service, and we get to a point where we have testimonies about the person's life. Usually I'd leave about 15 minutes for testimonies. And so this side was all the church people, and this were all Mike's friends and guests from Mike's past. And so we're taking these beautiful, Mike was the most loving, wonderful, kind-hearted. He'd give you the shirt off his back. As we're hearing these testimonies, people on this side of the church are giggling at a funeral. I'm like, finally, I just say, hey, what's going on? They were all former mafia that came. And so one guy finally stands up. Well, I remember the time Mike did the job at the liquor store and all, you know. And then another start telling. I've never been at a funeral service like this in my life. Usually I keep it to 15 minutes. I mean, the teenagers were like on the edge of their seats. Don't stop this. Don't stop this. You know, hearing all these stories. We went on for an hour. That's the power and authority of Jesus to radically change your life. We didn't even know. We didn't even know the sins of his past. We knew he had sinned, because we all have sinned. But through the faith of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the power and authority of Jesus, he was completely restored, transformed, by the authority of Jesus Christ. And that is this man in Mark chapter 5. He's like, Jesus, can I go with you? Jesus, man, Jesus, I just want to be with you. And sometimes Jesus says yes, and mostly Jesus says no. What does he say? He says, go back to your town and tell your story. Tell them how God has had mercy on you. And so I don't know your story this morning. I don't know how, how radical, maybe hopefully not as radical as this, but I know if you're a child of God, he's had mercy in your life. He has forgiven you, and you have a story to share. You have a story to tell. He has transformed you through his love and forgiveness and mercy, and we did not deserve it. We cannot earn it. It is through the, the grace of Jesus Christ. And maybe you say, well, I've been a Christian, and, and yet there's, there's not evidence of change. You need to repent of that this morning and allow, because you know what we try to do is say, I'm just going to change on my own. I'm just going to do it myself, and, just, you know, and, and so it's about me trying harder. I'm just going to try harder. You know, I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop you know, being prideful. What is it? What is it that you would stop? I'm going to stop not being honest sometimes. 
I'm going to stop overeating. I mean, what, what is it? I'm going to stop living in fear and worry. Jesus wants to have mercy on your soul. Jesus wants to forgive you right now. And he wants to put a new set of clothes on you. That's what he wants. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that, you know, if, that when you are baptized into Jesus Christ, you are what? Clothed with Christ. So, yeah, he was dressed and in his right mind. He had physical clothes on. More importantly, he had the clothes of Jesus. He was clothed with Jesus Christ. Don't go back. Don't go back to that life. Let that power and let that mercy change you. And that's what I invite you to this morning. That's what I want to I call you this morning to not leave this place today. It would be wasted opportunity if you come here today and you do not once again receive the mercy of Jesus Christ into your life and be resolved to let him change you and sin no more. Go and sin no more, Jesus said, or something worse may happen to you. That's kind of a scary passage. So let's, as we close this morning, I just, can I just take some time and just have some silence? And I just want to encourage you, look, we've all got the sin, we've all got darkness. Can you just, in this space, at this time, just to yourself, silently, turn it over to the Lord? And if you don't know Jesus Christ, and if you're not a Christian, we are so glad you're here this morning. We'd love to have this church full of people that don't know the Lord, walking with people that do know the Lord, because we're in this together. And so if you're a, a guest and if you're not a Christian, then I just want to invite you to put your faith in Jesus Christ and to be baptized and clothed with Christ because he wants you dressed this morning. He wants to restore your sanity. And so, but, but first, I just, I just, could we, let's just do this. Could everybody just bow your head for a moment? And everybody, please just close your eyes. Let's, let's not worry about the person next to you. This is just for you to receive the power of Jesus Christ this morning. And I want you to just think about the sin that's causing this insanity in your life. And uh, I'm just going to give a moment of silence. But, but, but as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning, if, if you would just like to once again receive the mercy of Jesus, could you just raise your hand where you are this morning? Don't, don't be shy. Keep, keep your heads bowed. Keep your eyes closed. And just raise your hand. And keep your hand up. Praise God for all the hands going up this morning. Receive the mercy. Keep your hand up. Keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. And as your hands are raised, let me just say a prayer over everyone here. Holy Father, we cannot thank you enough for your mercy that's new every morning. God, I need your mercy. I'm desperate for your mercy, Lord. And as our hands are, are raised and our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, Lord, could you just place your hand of mercy upon us, God? And Father, could you give us strength? Could you give us hope? 
in the power and name of Jesus Christ. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ through faith, and we receive that this morning, Father. For those who are Christians, who are children of yours, Lord, we just receive that and give us the resolve, Father, to be different in this life, to be fully transformed, just like Mike. Mike was transformed and this man was transformed, God. And so we just thank you that we had this opportunity, most importantly this morning, God, that you showed up, that you are present in this place, that you are a merciful God. And so we give you our lives and commit our lives to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Go ahead and put your hands down. And, and then I just, uh, are we going to have a song? Can I just uh, invite, if you're, if you're here and you would like corporate prayer this morning, um, could we just have a, maybe a couple of our elders or our elders come up for just a moment? Come on, if you're an elder here, come on up and just stand in the front here. And then we're all going to stand, but elders, come on up. And if you would like prayer this morning, they can just pray with, pray with you. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, and uh, let's all go ahead and let's, let's stand and we pray. But if you're ready to give your life to Jesus and you're ready to be baptized and clothed with Christ as we stand and sing, feel free to come forward for prayer now. Let us pray with you and let's sing. If you want to receive Christ, let us know. Let's sing together.